worked through this together, uh, and, and it's not been ideal, but thank you to all who have joined on the live stream. Um, it's, it's been good from the, the time we, we stopped having service. I think it was, we're about 99 days, I believe, if I remember right. I think last week was 92 days, 99 days since we've been together, and, uh, and we're back, and so we are excited to be here. Um, would you stand? And okay, uh, I'm going to pray really, really long so Paul and Amy can get here. Um, let's stand with us. We're going to pray. We're going to sing together. We're going to fill this place with praise, which is going to be awesome to hear you guys join in and sing. And so, man, let's just, all of that song, that singing that we've been holding inside of us, hopefully you haven't actually you've been singing at home, but let's sing together and uh, in worship this morning. God, thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to be back together. It seems kind of odd that we would take for granted the, the opportunity that we have to gather together, but God, these past three months have reminded us that it is good when we are together. And so God, as we continue through this service in song and prayer and in breaking into your word, um, God, would your presence just be so real and fill this place? We recognize that we don't have to invite you in your presence into here as you are already here, but God, rather we would, we would say that we are welcome and we are, we are open to your presence and your spirit in this place. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. I can't wait to sing together. I'm so excited. Please sing loud. I just want to hear your voice filling this place. We've waited for this day. We're gathered in your name, calling out to you. Your glory like a fire, awakening desire will burn our hearts with truth. You're the reason we're here. You're the reason we're singing. Open up the heavens.
really sure this is heaven on earth. (laughs) I'm going to read from Psalm 63. Pray this with me. It'll sound familiar. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied, as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. (sighs) Y'all, it's not the things of this world. It is is Jesus who fills our souls. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure gathering like this is him embodied here and now like we are filled because we're together but it's because of him through us that we are feeling that right now what a beautiful thing this song has been so heavy on my heart because I just I want nothing more than what the spirit has for my life amen amen there's so much to be distracted by but I know this is the prayer of our hearts that the Holy Spirit would come and fill us with his desires what he wants for us. Pray this with me. We've had enough getting everything we want. We are weary of living this life just for us. And don't forgive us of seeking your hand and not your face. Come and empty us, Father, we're dead.
Can you pray with me? God, you've heard our cry and you've heard our hearts that we want to be filled with your spirit. And we know that's what you've promised us. God, we just want more of you. We want you to be our desires, the way that we love others. We want everything we do to just ooze your love. God, right now, um, we, we just we sense your presence with us. And we are so thankful to be seeing the faces of people that we love so much. And we know that you are also with those that are not with us here in this place. You haven't forsaken us. You're still with us no matter where we are. And God, I just pray that you would help us to just continue to have open hearts and open minds as Mara and Pastor Paul come and speak to us what you've laid on our hearts. We just, we love you, God, and we want our lives to show that. It's in your name we pray. Well, good morning. Oh, it is so good to hear the voices behind me, the voices echoing off the front wall. And I just look out and I just, I feel like I'm at a family reunion. Am I, am I alone in that? Zoe! Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I am looking out and I'm like, I just love to see your faces. I have loved to see your names coming up on the screens. And for those of you that are still joining us through the live stream, I'm so glad to have you here. But there is nothing like being together. Now, I know a lot of you probably share this experience. Like, I was raised in the church from the time I was an itty-bitty baby. So when I think about that, that means that there was a season of my life that I was, I was the baby crying in the sanctuary. There was a season of my life that I was that ornery toddler crawling under the chairs. And um, one of my, my favorite things to admit to you this morning is I was also the toddler that thought that the wooden pews sounded really great if I just kept banging my head on the back of them. If it got quiet in the, in the service, my mom's like, I could always count on you to start the, just keeping the beat there for everybody. So I invite you, if, as you kind of look around, this is going to feel a little different. I love having our kids in here with us, but that maybe comes with some surprises, some unexpected things. And um, can we just agree together that we welcome those distractions? We welcome those disruptions. If you're sitting at home with your kids and you thought, oh, I'm not sure how this would go if I brought them with me, we welcome your distractions. We love to be together. But sometimes that takes a little bit of a, a perspective shift. It, changes, it takes us changing what we expect to experience when we come here. And in my life, when my perspective has shifted, when I change what I expect, oftentimes I find my eyes are open to new things that God has to show me. I brought today um, with me some binoculars. As we continue this epic adventure, we're on an epic adventure, but we're also reading and learning more about the Israelites. And um, I'm not aware of any epic story that doesn't have some ups and downs, some moments of suspense, some moments where things look dark, not sure where it's going next. And today we're going to see kind of a moment in there. We're going to have a high, and then we're going to have a really big low. Um, but it all has to do with, with what you're looking at, what your perspective is. So I have these binoculars here, and if you've ever used binoculars, whoop, those are backwards. I have, I have used binoculars, I promise. If I walk around looking through my binoculars, it probably will not be very long until I have tripped and fallen on my face. I tell my kids often when they get these out, you, you can't walk around looking through your binoculars. Like, you, you won't be able to see what's in front of you. So to help our kids get a little bit of that perspective today, if you grabbed one of the activity bags in the back, and if you haven't had a chance to yet, you can grab one anytime. There is a paper towel holder. 
And if you don't have a paper towel holder, you can even practice this even with your hand. If you kind of look through, that really changes. I can zero in, and I'm looking right here, and it looks like maybe only two or three of you are here with me today. When the reality is you all are here. But if I change my perspective, if I look, I'm limited to just what I can see here. And so with the Israelites, they sent these spies into the promised land, this land that God had, had promised to take them to. And they all started looking at things. And some of them saw that things were really great. It was everything they had hoped for. But then as they looked a little closer, as they zeroed in, they started to find things that scared them. There were giants. There were lots of fortified cities, lots of, lots of things that they saw as obstacles to this promise that God had made for them. And they started to lose perspective. They started to look only at those things that were wrong and were starting to ignore all of the miraculous ways that God had already met their needs and had promised to continue to do so. So kids, how often is it that we look at something and the first thing we notice is the thing that's wrong? Right? Grown-ups, the first thing we notice, it's, oh, that could have been better. Oh, that's kind of standing in my way. So today as we hear our story and as Pastor Paul brings our message, I want to encourage you that we can choose our perspective. We can't choose our situation. We can't choose our surroundings. But we can make some conscious choices about what we are going to focus on, what we are going to let guide us as we move forward. Are we going to look at all the things that are wrong, all the reasons why something won't work? Are we going to trust God for that glimmer of hope, that glimmer of light for what he's going to do with this? So I'm going to invite Pastor Paul to come and join with us. And if you have not grabbed an activity bag, you want some stuff to work on, they're right there at the back of the sanctuary. Well, I clean up pretty quick, don't I? <laughs> it's good to see you all here. Um, you never know what to expect in times like this. And um, I'm a little overwhelmed, to be honest, of uh, how we've come out. It tells me how much you love your church. And uh, not your pastor, not your praise team, you love your church. And I'm glad we're part of your church and part of what you love. But it is so good to see you out. And, uh, you know, I've been praying for you. And uh, it's going to be a whole new experience to preach a message with people here. Uh, <laughs> completely different. And, uh, but, but we'll kind of, uh, we'll work through that together, huh? And, uh, and we'll, we'll figure this out again, how to do this in the room. Uh, we had to imagine Terry Moore saying amen. And, uh, and, but it's good to hear him live saying that. It's good to have our kids with us. And it, it is different to have the kids here. It, it's, it's, it's how I grew up in church. Who grew up in church where the kids, you were just, when you weren't in church, you were in trouble, right? Uh, there, was, there was no children's church. It was just time out with mom. And uh, church was better than time out with mom. And so, uh, you know, this is how I grew up. And I, I, I understand the, the, the significance of children's church. And it, it helps parents. It helps connect with kids at, at their own level. But there's also something beautiful and significant when kids are in a sanctuary with their parents. Uh, we, we miss that. We've talked about that as staff, that we miss that ideal of having kids in here seeing their mom and dads raise their hands during a song, <laughs> seeing their mom and dad get excited 
about technical difficulties. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, Lord. I swear. I don't. <laughs> Give up. Give me the other mic. Good to have our kids in here, and I want, Griffin, why don't you come up, Griffin? Yeah, he's going, what? Oh, no. We're going to do a little experiment, and Clint, why don't you come and help me with this, okay? I want you to take this ball, okay? All right? I want you to start from right here, and I want you to walk over and see if you can put that ball in that bucket. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's try it a little bit different. I want you to blindfold him, okay? You got to keep your eyes closed, no cheating. And I'll stand here to make sure he doesn't go off the stage. And you can help him. All right. Now, Griffin, can you put that ball in that bucket? Can you, can, can you put the ball in the bucket? Go ahead and go. Tell him where to go. Oh! That was close. All right, you, you can sit down. Tell, well, let me answer this first. Wait, answer the question first. Was it easier to put the ball in the bucket without the blindfold or with the blindfold? Blindfold. Without the blindfold? I said with the blind with the blindfold. You're not gonna be in the act next series, next time. <laughs> Thank you, Griffin. Give him a hand. What's that demonstrate? Our ability to see affects what we're able to do. And, and so we all intuitively understand this. If, if you're looking for something in a dark room, what do you do? Turn the lights on so you can see. Anybody ever experienced driving in the fog? Right? You ever heard the story about the guy that was driving in the fog and it was, it was so, so foggy he couldn't see anything? And so he, he started following the car in front of him real closely. thought, well, he, hopefully he can see and I'll follow him. And then all of a sudden the car in front of him just stopped and he slammed in the back of him. And so he got out of his car and said, what in the world are you doing? The guy says, I'm pulling into my garage. <laughs> Our ability to see affects what we're able to do. And also, it just as a, as a corollary of this, our perspective. Our perspective matters. How we see, not only what we see, but how we see affects what we do and what we're able to do. Henry Ford says, said, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. <laughs> and so there's an element of positive thinking in that, and we, we're all familiar with that ideal of positive thinking, this ideal of thinking more positive about your circumstances. But this sermon is not about the power of positive thinking. Uh, th this sermon is about seeing things through God's perspective. God is inviting us to join him on an epic adventure. 
uh, to, to, to live epic lives, it's more than just thinking positively. It's, it's, it's more than just seeing things that the glass half full. To, to live epic lives requires a change in perspective. We need to see things through God's eyes, through God's perspective. And so we're, we're focusing on a story in Numbers 13, and Moses has led the children of Israel to the, to the verge of the promised land. He's led them to the, the verge of home, of entering into Canaan and entering into Israel from slavery. And, and Moses sends out these 12 spies. We're all familiar with the story. They, these 12 spies enter into the land, and they're supposed to spy out the land to determine whether the land is suitable and whether they can seize the land. And so the spies come back, and there's, there's 12 of them, and 10 of them, actually all 12 of them say, the land's great. It's perfect. It's everything that God has promised he was going to give us. The land is truly full of milk and honey. It's perfect. But 10 of them also say this, but there's giants in the land. The, the cities are fortified. The insects are so big they could defeat us. There's no way we can possess this land. Two of the spies, Joshua and Caleb, say the land is great, but God is giving us this land and we need to see it. See, Joshua and Caleb saw the task from God's perspective. They didn't lighten the task. They didn't say it wasn't going to be difficult. But they understood that with God, they would be able to possess the promises that God had made. The other spies only saw obstacles. You know, in a strange way, that they didn't remember what God had done. You know, the context of this, we're not talking years later, we're talking perhaps months later, that the slaves had been delivered from Egypt and slavery through these amazing miracles and plagues of God. God had parted the Red Sea. He had given them the law on Mount Sinai and had descended on the mountain in a cloud. And all these miracles he had provided for them, manna in the wilderness. God had provided over and over for the people of Israel, and yet the ten spies couldn't see. And you know what? The negative report carried the day. You know, there's, there's a, 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 a bit of this that it's, it's the majority view, maybe, that the people of Israel choose the ten and, and, and decide that they are not going to, this is what they decided, we're not going to follow God and the promise that God has given us. You ever hear of the phrase negativity bias? Scientists believe that studies suggest that we prefer bad news over good. That would have been a good time to say amen. And I think there's a truth to that. And I think in this, you see the negative bias. They preferred the bad report. And that's why now, when we hear bad news, we, we hear far more bad news than good news because people prefer negative over positive. But God wants us to respond to the positive. 
Not, not just to the negative, but God wants us to respond to his good news, to hear his good news and respond, that, that we have a reason to worship. 1 John 4, 4 says, You dear children are from God, and you have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. <laughs> Can you say that with me? The one who is in me is greater than the one that is in the world. That, that is a promise from God to us that whatever we're facing, God is greater. In the Bible, there, there's all these, all these stories that are meant to change our perspective. Uh, that, that, that God's promises of deliverance, God's promises of home, God's promise of taking care of us, God's promise of being with us. That's pretty consistent through the Bible. And there's these stories that are told over and over where God is trying to change the perspective, the way people view their circumstances and to see them as he sees them. See, when we share God's perspective, we can join God's epic adventure. You know, this morning I want to spend a little time there. You know, it's easy to see things negative, and there's a lot of negative things right now. And God is asking his people, God is asking us to perhaps see things differently. And because we see things differently, because our perspective is differently, to respond in a different way. God's perspective is God is greater. Whatever we're going through, God is greater. Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night, and it's a passage we, we use to, to um, understand salvation, but I think it's, it's more than that. Jesus tells Nicodemus, to see the kingdom of God, you've got to be born again. You need fresh eyes. And so, folks, I, I think what Jesus is trying to get Nicodemus to see and what Jesus wants us to see is sometimes we need fresh baby eyes to see that God's kingdom is moving, even in this time and this place. In, in this time of division, God wants his church to see his kingdom and respond to his kingdom. These stories that I talked about, and you see several of them in the Old Testament. One's the story of Elisha. And the Arameans, you know the story. Elisha is surrounded by the Aramean army, and his servant is all bit out of shape because he can't see what God's going to do. And Elisha prays this in 2 Kings 6, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked, and he saw the hills full of horses, and chariots of fire all around Elisha. See, God wants to shift our perspective. He, he wants us to see that things are not hopeless or helpless, that the church is not powerless, but the church is intended to be his kingdom breaking in on this dark world. It's another story I love. It's the story of Ezekiel in the Valley of Dry Bones. J just listen to this story today. It's out of Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out of the by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of the valley. 
his full bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover your skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. And the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, and there was no breath in them. And he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain, then they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live. And I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. There's a new perspective here. And it's a perspective not just for the people of Israel, but it's a perspective for the people of God. You know, I, I think God is trying to do something in his church. You know, we see these, um, these bad circumstances. You know, I, I, am, I am so brokenhearted by the racial tension in our country. Aren't you? You know, there, there is no racial bounds in our God. There is no racial bounds in his kingdom. God loves all. And we are called to be one people, one race, one kingdom. And what I've become convinced of is the church has been too satisfied too long to sit on the sidelines of this issue. And it's now the time for the church to say, we will be part of the solution, not just bystanders. You see, all the fear with COVID-19 and, and all the distraction and all the confusion and all the debate. But the church is called to be this place. Even when we don't agree on everything, that's okay, right? You understand that? Even when we don't agree on everything, love conquers all. And we are one even when we have different perspectives from time to time. See, God is trying to do something in his church. We're going to close with a new song. 
and it took me to this passage, and I heard this song, and I referred to it several weeks ago. It's a new elevation song, and it's called Dry Bones Rattling. You folks entering this service, this sanctuary on June 14th after being gone for 13 weeks, that is the sound of dry bones rattling. That is the sound that our God is on the move, and he is not finished with his church. He is not finished with this place, and he is calling the church to rise up and be who God has called us to be. Maybe it's a personal thing. Maybe you need some relationship dry bones to rattle. Maybe you need uh, your relationship with God to be restored. Maybe you need life to come into that relationship. But the question is this, how do you see? What's your perspective? I'm going to ask Amy to come with the team and we're going to sing this song. And This is not, I understand, this is not a typical open up the altar kind of song. It's kind of, it's kind of fast. Um, and I'm not even sure if I should open the altar, but I'm not going to close it. <laughs> did, that, did that make sense? Was that double negative too much? Maybe you've been struggling with stuff, and you just want to meet with God here. Hey, you know, I'd encourage us, let's, let's not hover over each other. You know, let, let, let's lay on hands from the distance. Can we do that? Lay on hands, somebody from the distance. Let's, let's see how that looks, okay? Okay, Baylor, I'm laying my hands on you, bud, okay? But our altars are available. Maybe you just need to meet with God uh, in, in these moments. May, maybe you need to sense his spirit in a fresh way as we sing this song. Stand with me, if you will. Praise me. 
pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we're thankful uh, that you can still make dry bones rattle. That you're not finished with this church, you're not finished with these people, you're not finished with this country, Lord, that you want to do something fresh in our midst, and Lord, you're inviting us to be a part. I pray for every relationship in this room that, Lord, you will provide healing. I pray, Lord, that you will bring us closer to you and closer to each other. And, Lord, we just give you thanks for the opportunity to be in this place, to gather in this room, and be with you, be with each other. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen.